And welcome everyone to another episode of The DL. I am your host, Tyler Robertson, the CEO and founder of Diesel Laptops. And to start this episode, I wanna say I'm really excited to do something new for everybody. And we're gonna be launching this promotion where we basically come to market and we're saying, hey, we're gonna finance everyone to buy a diagnostic kit. Uh, no credit checks, everyone's approved. It's this really cool thing we're gonna be doing. And for me, it's really the next step in things we've kind of been first. We were kind of the first to say, hey, let's do a 30 day money back guarantee on tools. Let's sell diagnostic tools, not by doing door to door demos. And a lot of people have copied us. And now it's going to be like, hey, try to go copy this thing we're doing. So I thought it'd be really interesting to bring someone in here that's really been pivotal in creating this. And someone behind the scenes, you've, you've never seen them on camera, I don't think. I think this is first time here with us. Uh, so I want to bring in JB Ryan, who's actually our, one of our senior VPs here at Diesel Laptop. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Tyler. It's glad, glad to be here. This is my first time doing a podcast ever. Yeah. Well, you can't say it anymore after this one, I guess. Check the box. All right. So, you know, I, let's just give a little background on who you are. So I, I, I think it's I like the story because you're actually a business owner as well yep. uh, with everything going on. And I remember calling you like, man, two and a half years ago now, three. I don't even know what it was. And basically, I was like, "Dude, I need help." <laughs> right? uh, do you remember that call at all? I, I do. I was uh, I was actually walking into the movie theater with my two year old son at the time, holding his hand, and, and this random phone number popped up, and it said Tyler Robertson. I was like, "That's strange." So I remember calling you back and just having this really interesting conversation. And I remember going home that night and talking to my wife, and I was like, "I got to tell you about this phone call I got today out of nowhere." And uh, you know, here we are, about three years later. Um, working together, you know, kind of trying to build this this great business that we're a part of. And I, I truly appreciate the opportunity. I don't tell you that enough, but this has been a lot of fun. Well, I got to say, I didn't think I had a, a shot in hell of bringing you back or bringing you here because right away you're like, man, I'm in the best health of my life. I kind of got things easy. Things are going good. I, yeah, I don't know if I yeah. want to do this stuff, I don't think but... you need to remind me of that very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, we drug you in. Glad glad to have you here. Um, and, you know, again, you're you're a small business owner. Your wife, your yep. wife owns, you know, you and your wife own a business together. Um, obviously, I started as a small business. I still consider myself a small business, although we've, we've grown a lot. But a lot of our customers are small businesses. And at the end of the day, it's usually not sales that affect customers and their business, why they go under. It's it's usually an underlying reason of they don't have cash in the bank. Yeah, cash is king, you know. So as we look at the market, you know, a lot of our customers are independent operators. So they're guys that own a small shop. They've started out in, in some other capacity and they've they've upgraded, they said, I want to go work for myself. And that always seems to be easy before you do it. You know, so as you become a small business owner, you realize that there's a lot of effort to, to managing what's in your bank account. You know, that's where it really lies is like, do I have enough cash to keep going? And how am I going to go grow my business? But how do I obtain all the things that I need? Software, hardware, other technicians, tools, all these necessary things. You got to be able to have the cash to do it with, right? I mean, it comes down to cash flow. And I remember when I started this in my garage, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do two things. I'm going to have very little inventory and I'm never going to have any receivables. And then, then I woke up one day and I got about 8 million tied up in each. <laughs> right? And I'm like, well, that ain't good. Yep, <laughs> you know, like, yep. great. I'm, we're selling all this stuff. We're selling tens of millions of dollars and our bank account's dang near zero. And yep, I'm like, yep. what is what is going on here? And I'm, I'm actually listening to Michael Dell's uh, kind of biography book and very similar thing with Dell. Like, he's like, we're selling 50 million a year and we got 200 grand in our checking account. Like, it just, it's hard with cash flow. And there's a lot of things that go into that. And it's really hard for a small business owner, in my opinion, to go buy a $10,000 diagnostic tool. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one thing as an independent owner, you know, 
I grew up in small business. I grew up with families of CPAs and mortgage people and finance people. And, and it's, it's always interesting. You get into November this time of year and all of a sudden your tax person's coming to you saying, Hey, you need to go buy some stuff. And you look at your bank account and go with what? I have no money to go buy things. I've spent all my money, but unfortunately the government, the way the taxes are set up, the small guys get hurt. So, you know, I think it's really imperative that people are able to grow their business and be able to delay the cash outlay when to allow cash to come in with those necessary tools. Yeah. And I think the way, you know, we used to do it was, and we still, we still do, right? It's, Hey, customer, buy a tool. This is the old way, right? Buy a tool. Oh, pay us. Oh, you can't afford it. Well, let's kick you over to to get a lease on the equipment. Mm -hmm. And I think I've learned a lot about the leasing world in, in this whole thing. Um, and, and leases aren't bad. There, there's there's good and bad with with everything. A loan, a lease, paying cash, no matter what it is. And at the end of the day, I found there's a, a ton of different types of leasing companies, and that was kind of the problem and things we had to work through at first. There's brokers that go do credit, bad credit. What were some of the challenges you saw when we were people to apply for credits? You know, the biggest challenge I saw at the beginning was being able to have the right banks for the market that we serve. A lot of startup companies, most banks don't want to deal with a startup company. Most banks don't want to lend to somebody who hasn't paid all their bills in the past. And the other thing was, how do we get banks that will be responsive in a, an amount of time to get people the product they need? Because typically when people come to us, they don't come and say, hey, I want to buy this tool in a month. They say, can you next day air this tool? Yep. And by the way, I need to have a bank that can get me approved within that amount of time to get that transaction done so that tomorrow the truck in the bay can get fixed because my customer needs that truck back, right? So yep. there's there's never any extra time. So we needed that lineup for, for our customers to be able to be successful within our finance program. Yeah, and I think we learned a lot there. We tried diesel capital with with the third party and we're like, oh, we found out they only did a credit. Yep. <laughs> right. Well, most of our customers, like most of most customers, they don't they not everyone has a credit. There's only a small percentage of the population, and you said it right. A lot of those are entry-level business new businesses. The guy was a diesel tech and now he's running a business. And running a business and fixing trucks are two different things. And mm -hmm. cash flow, you know, people inevitably run into cash flow. I know diesel laptops, we ran into cash flow problems as as we were going and I think sometimes we even still do today. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's bigger, more zeros on them. <laughs> but we're able to finance and do more things as you as you grow and get big. And access to capital is really hard when you're a small business owner. And, you know, what I see is everyone needs a diagnostic tool. There's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. you, you have to have one if you're going to efficiently fix a, a commercial truck. Um, it's just, you know, they they can't afford the expensive tools. They try to get an inexpensive tool or some bootleg stuff off the Internet. And then they end up with more problems and more wasted time and more wasted money. So it, it's very important to have the right tools in your job. So your wife owns a business. I'm assuming you guys buy the right tools in, in your business. Or you know, you? I certainly approach it like everybody else. What do we need? What's the bare necessities and what's possibly the, the least cost option to get there? I don't, you know, it's a good business and we generate cash. But at the end of the day, do I want to go spend all that cash to get the top of the line, best name thing? Trust me, in the medical industry, it does feel sometimes like they're just charging a lot of money for everything. <laughs> yeah. And But I feel like I'm a consumer in that regard where what do I need? What do I need to get by until the next thing versus the right approach is probably taking a step back and go, okay, what's the right thing for where I want to go? Yeah. You know, what's going to get me through the five-year plan, not the one-year plan? Because do I want to keep on buying more things or upgrading more things when I can just go get the right tool to do the right job at the time? So going forward now, how, how does it work? 
if a customer calls up and says, I want to I want to buy a laptop, what are my options? You know, so you can always pay us by uh, by credit card or check. You know, that's obviously the easiest way for us. But for the people who want to span out their payments, we're going to be putting out a 36 month program for them to pay a little bit of money up front and then pay us over 35 more payments to where they can keep that cash flow balanced out and let that tool go make them some money in the process. Yeah. And I think it's safe to say, you know, we have this ideal dream over here of just having customers just pay us a monthly fee and and, and go, right? And not have to have that big expenditure outlay. And I, I really think this is one of the next steps in us towards, towards getting there. Um, and that was one of my frustrations dealing with these financing companies is they're like, well, what if, what if somebody... Uh, does a deal with us and doesn't pay. Like, well, we have, now we have a diagnostic tool that we don't know what to do with. We're a leasing company. We don't know how to sell these things. And I always sit over like, man, well, I know how to sell those things. We yeah. have used ones, they go right away. Like it's it's never a problem reselling this stuff. So for us, I just felt like the risk was way more minimized versus trying to push all these financing and leasing companies to do the things we wanted to do. I think you're absolutely right. It, it It's our transition from being a vendor to a partner with these customers. So if if I'm out in the field and I own a shop, and, and now I've run shops, I've been a part of truck dealerships for a long time, so I know what it takes to be in those shoes. We needed our OEMs to be our partner every day. We needed their call lines. We needed their information so what we provide to that independent group is that same methodology, call us, use our information. And we want to be there for the long term, not just for the first term. We want to be there for years and years and years because we know, A, information is going to change, technology is coming, things are going to get more expensive. Let's build a longer relationship. Let's be more partner oriented than, than transaction oriented. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I'm, I I want to be the company that helps these people succeed. As you said, you talked about technology. You got robots driving trucks. You got, <laughs> you got electrification coming. The componentry on vehicles lasts longer now. There's not as many clutches and, and brake, you know, drums and brake shoes to replace because now with disc brakes and all these things going on. So it's, it's a big shifting landscape there. And, you know, those conversations about cash flow and, and those types of things. And I can even say one of the big things that we did, and we I think time this great because we did it right before COVID, was the fact we used to carry all of our own receivables. And we found interstate billing services. They've come on the show with me before. And they, they pretty much said, look, for less than a credit card fee, we can pay you tomorrow instead of you waiting 30 or 60 days to get paid by your customers. And that was a like literally like a million seven figure plus cash flow decision that happened right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a long-term decision. So if you're in business for long-term, you got to start making those decisions. You got to say, hey, what's best for my business to get through these like short periods so that I can never be that concerned again? And, and it was a decision. It, there was expenses that came with it, but it was worth it in the long run to stabilize the business. Yeah. I think a lot of people looked at that and said, oh man, you're giving up a little percent there. And like I said, less than a credit card fee. But I'm like, yeah, but I'm getting paid right away. And now I can use that cash to go do other things and, and grow faster. And again, our timing was impeccable because COVID happened and lockdowns and there's a lot of uncertainty. And we're kind of like, oh, well, we're, it's true. we're okay. And as, as a small business, the way you operate and the way my family's always operated, it, every dollar you bring it in, you're reinvesting in the next thing, right? Yeah. It's not about like taking it and putting it in your pocket. It's like, hey, there's more things we want to do. There's more things we want to buy and grow and, and subscribe to. So it's important to have that cash to be able to go grow the business in the near term. So I think yeah. that was a great move. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited to see what happens, you know, when we start getting that marketing out to everybody of 
hey, you're approved. <laughs> and it's this much a month, essentially. Is, is yeah. you know We're trying to get even to a week eventually. So I'm really excited. Are, is your sales team ready for it? Because you're, you're in charge of our sales organization right now. How, how comfortable are you here? Yeah, I, I think I'm really comfortable. You know, we already do this today. So we do it in a different relationship today where we look at external banks. But we've always had internal finance and we've always had our customers' backs to say, this doesn't work. We got you. We can get you the right tool. We can get you through this process. Let's just have a one-year partnership. All we're doing here is putting that in front and saying, let's be the first stop, but let's have a longer-term relationship. Let's equip you with all the things you're going to need for the long-term and become more of a partner over time. So I think we're ready. The sales team is already got all the information they're ever going to need to do this right. It's the same products. It's just a more partnership-oriented. And I think that's the part a lot of maybe even competitors will look at or outsiders and be like, man, these guys are a bunch of idiots over there. They're going to burn through all their cash. No one's going to pay them. They're going to be bankrupt. But the reality is, like you just said, we've been doing this for years, yeah, <laughs> financing yeah. people with no credit checks. It was just always the last resort. And to me, I'm like, God, why, why do you take me so long to actually be like, why don't we just do that first instead of last? You know, everything happens, happens for a reason, right? <laughs> you know, it takes time to learn a lot of lessons and process. And as we grow, we just see these new opportunities. We see these new partnerships and we want to take advantage of them. We want to bring them to market. And I think that the growth in our sales team, the growth in our company and the growth of the soft services that we offer, like tech support and repair information, parts information, only help our customers look at us in the more long-term range. Yeah, and I, I look back to a lot of things we've done since day one here at Diesel Laptops is how easy can we make it for people to buy from us? So as I mentioned at the top, you know, when we came out with that 30-day money-back guarantee, I was I was, I was was nervous as hell. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, I'm gonna get a whole bunch of returns back. And um, it, the number wasn't anywhere what I thought it would be. And then we did a bunch of other things to help you mitigate that further once we got customers onboarded. And I know there's more things coming out with that as well. Uh, so for me, I'm, I'm really excited to see what this happens. I've been, I was, I was just telling my wife last night, I'm like, this is going to be the best thing we ever did, or it's going to be the absolute worst. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to find out here either, either way. Uh, but I'm, I'm really confident in the strategy. I'm confident in the people and the processes. And I think it's, it's all a result of kind of what our company has been going through the last couple of years. It's just that migration from the, Hey, let's let Tyler shoot from the hip and just go do a bunch of crazy stuff to Let's actually have a little strategy around this and some discussions and planning process. So you've been a big part of, of helping us make that transition around here. Well, it's been a lot of fun to sit back and watch and, and frustrating at certain moments. But, you know, that's that's what entrepreneurship is, is, is trying to advance your company and trying to help your customers be better in their job. Yeah. And I, I think you said it right. I've been I've been in organizations before where it's been like, this is the way we do things. Let's just keep doing them this way. It works. And I've always been like, man, maybe there's a maybe there's a better way to go do this thing over here that we we could should try. Unless you try, you really never find out. And I mean, I know we've had our failures out there. Um, I know me and you even had disagree. Like, ah, I think that'll work. I'm like, ah, it's horseshit. And then the other <laughs> way around, right? Like it, it's, it goes that way. But I think that's good. And I think as long as you're willing to take those risks and just understand like, hey, it's a lot of upside, a lot of downside. We'll we'll see which way it goes. But to have that management and the right people in the processes is a, a pretty important piece of the puzzle I didn't get into the last couple of years. You know, it's it's been really interesting to see a company like this because where I came from, like you, you know, we came from these old ways of doing business. Like it just has done this way, you know, for 20 years. We're just going to keep doing it. And here at Diesel, we're so young. Like we haven't even figured out all the things we're going to figure out next year. And yeah. we've been in business for six years. I've been here two and a half years now, and we're still coming up with new things almost every week. Some of them are small little pivots, but we're able to make those small pivots because we're agile. And because we don't have a lot of history, we're able to say, you know what, let's go try this. Oh, that worked a little bit. Let's try a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Let's add on to it. 
And that brings a lot of value to our employees, to our customers. We just want everybody around us to be successful and we just want to do more things. We're not really trying to become rich. That's not the goal, right? The goal is just to become, you know, transcendent in this industry and to leave a mark. You told me that the first day we had that conversation, you were there earlier. The first day you're like, I just want to make a difference in my industry. I don't care about making a difference in my personal life. That's been so cool to watch because it is a different mindset. It allows us to do really cool things. Yeah, it does. And it, it's it's nice in the fact, you know, I've had people make that comment like, oh, it's about the money. I'm like, ah, the money's like a byproduct of the stuff we're doing yeah. over here. And I've always said, you know, you know, at the end of the day, if we do all these crazy things and and I, I just end up where I'm at today, no better my personal life. I'm like, well, at least I went out trying. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll find out. And I, I think that's entrepreneurship and business in general. Um, and with, with big risks come big rewards. So we'll see how the future plays out and how things are going. It's just a it's just a crazy industry with everything going on right now with startups and electrification. And just it, it, it's mind-blowing all the things happening out there today. Well, if we just look at the past five years, how many more ECMs do we have today to manage on a, on a commercial vehicle than what we had before? How many more sprinters yeah. are out there than yeah. what were out five years ago? The industry is changing, not in the full-on technology of EVs or hydrogen power vehicles or, or whatever alt-energy things are out there. Let's just talk about the current vehicles and the minor modifications we're having to deal with. Things are getting much more complicated. There's a lot of time pressure on them. Obviously, supply chain today is a wreck. So every truck that's sitting on a dealer's lot or on a customer's lot needs to move. No yeah. truck needs to sit still. So how do we help that process move a little faster? Yeah, just a crazy time, to, you know, 2020 was the first year where there was actually less trucks on the market than when the year started yeah. just because no one was building trucks. Now they can't build trucks, got more complicated, more complex. Um, it's tough. I, 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 I really appreciate what an independent repair shop or mobile guy has to go through now. This is not like the old days where there's eight sensors on an engine and it's super easy to hit a little code button on the, on the dash and, and know what to do. They got really complicated really quick. Mm -hmm. um, and that's always my big fear for the independent side is like, man, how do these guys keep up? Um, and I, I, you can look at the way automotive went and a lot of, we've always said trucking's 10, 15, 20 years behind automotive technology and where they're at, but it's coming quick. Uh, the ADAS systems are now more prevalent, uh, the new technology. It's, it's going to be crazy to see where this industry is in a couple of years. Um, and that's the question I, I got asked that again yesterday is like, someone's, I was giving a tour to some of the building. They're like, uh, you sure, you sure diesel's like the right thing you guys want to be into the next 10 years? <laughs> so what, what's your opinion on that? Do you ask that question by people? Cause yeah. I know you do a lot of meetings. You know, so we get asked that I'd say on the daily, I feel like our, our response changes. Um, I, I love this line. A, a guy in the EV business told me the other week you were on the call too, but he's like, there's more Bugattis in the U S than there are commercial electronic vehicles. And I thought that was just a great statement from a guy building electronic vehicles, right? So they're not here. The average age of a commercial vehicle average in the U S is 17 years. They can't make any diesel powered vehicles right now because of the chip shortage. So do we really see that changing anytime fast? Let's say that in my lifetime, I don't expect to see more than 5% of EVs on the road. Yeah. But what I do expect to see is advancements in technology. So we see a lot of the smart people out in the industry making moves into a much more sustainable product like hydrogen powered vehicles. I think we'll see those first, but that doesn't come that doesn't move away from the transmissions. It's not as easily managed as people that are moving into EVs saying we don't have a transmission. We don't have all these other pieces of the puzzle, right? But even when we get to EVs, even when my grandchildren are driving around commercial vehicles that are powered by batteries, you're still going to have very complex 
brake systems, ADAS systems, things we don't even understand today. Air conditioning will be much more complex because guess what? That Freon is not exactly a great gas to have running around <laughs> either. So there's a lot of emissions that are going to be talked about over time. We just need to stay up with the technology, training the people out in the field how to get better at diagnosing these things and equipping them with the tools to manage that diagnostics and that bidirectional controls when it's necessary. So I think we're going to be around for a very long time. I think we got a lot of headway and we're doing all the right moves today to really grow this, this business to the future. Yeah, I think we are too. And I think time will tell at the end of the day. So uh, I guess I'm really excited to see how this how this new plan rolls out. I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a, a shock to a lot of people when we come out there and say, you're all approved. It's kind of like the Oprah Winfrey, like you're approved, you're approved, you're approved, right? <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens here. Uh, we'll obviously manage it. And like I said, it'd be a, a great thing for diesel or it'd be a horrible thing. If it's, if it's great, it's my idea. If it's horrible, it was your idea. Right, right on. I'm, uh, bet, I'm betting on black. <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds good, man. Uh, you know, just if people want to hit you up, uh, LinkedIn, Where? how do they get a hold of you? Yeah. So LinkedIn's a great place to connect. Um, if you ever need to get a hold of me, it's just jb at diesellaptops.com. Um, I won't give out my cell phone here because because <laughs> that might really hurt. But uh, feel free. Anybody out in the market wants to have a conversation, any partnerships that you want to come to bring to Diesel, I'm usually a good avenue to start with. So feel free to hit me up on uh, LinkedIn or on my email. Yeah. Awesome. So, well, thanks for coming on. Excited to kick it off. We'll see how it goes. And as we end every episode, it's not just diagnostics. It's diagnostics done right. But in order to do that, you got to have some financing, be able to buy those right tools that you need. And I'm excited to bring that to market. So thank you for watching and listening.